Welcome to um, Sleep Paralysis News. This is a brand new podcast where we're talking to people about the sleep paralysis phenomena. We're hearing people's stories and we're speaking to experts. I'm Sheila Price Brooks and I'm here with my co-host Cyrus, if you want to introduce yourself. Thank you. My name is Cyrus. I'm based out of Columbus, Ohio. I'm a filmmaker here. This would be our uh, second episode we have episode one out there on the youtube channel so you'll see uh, what this is all about if you missed the first episode uh, sheila already touched on it we're just networking with other people to um figure out you know the depth and the seriousness of sleep paralysis so I'm talking to experts and sleep paralysis experiencers so i'm honored to be on call with everybody Wonderful. And we have on today's show Davina. And Davina has very kindly offered to share her experiences with us. So without further ado, let's kind of go into the sleep paralysis story and speak to Davina and hear about her experiences and what she's been through and if she has any remedies, solutions, thoughts about what it is and, and so forth. So Davina, do you want to talk to us then what what what's happening to you in terms of sleep paralysis sure uh, thank you so much for inviting me on anything that we can do to get people to talk about this and to learn more about it I don't know that we'll ever figure out a root cause but we keep digging we'll get more and more information so thank you for letting me participate in this um, I've had sleep paralysis episodes since I was a kid um, they were slightly different as a child than as an adult. A child's imagination will take you places that an adult may not go when you're imagining whatever it is that's in the room with you. Um, but as an adult, it has always been the very stereotypical inability to move, um, massive fear and panic, the feeling of weight on the chest, for me, it has always been a human that has been in the room as far as what I thought was coming to hurt me. It's always been a man because in my mind, aliens and demons do not exist on the physical plane, but people with bad intentions do. And so that is where my fear is, is people with bad intentions. So that is what I have always experienced. It's always been when I sleep on my back. Um, so I don't have that very much anymore because I choose not to go to sleep starting on my back. I've made that conscious choice to start on one side or the other, and I never have sleep paralysis when I'm laying on my side. So it's been a little bit longer since I've had my last experience. Um, and as I was saying in my emails with Sheila, the thing that has been able to pull me out the last few times is I get really angry. Um, Fear keeps me paralyzed in, in my daytime life and in my dreams. Fear paralyzes me. But if I can get angry, then I can move. And so when I'm experiencing sleep paralysis, I find if I can get angry that this person has the temerity to be in my house without my permission, or if I can get angry that my husband is sleeping through this and how dare he sleep through this and make me experience this all by myself, I can move enough to try and wake my husband up. 
that's the goal is move one finger to push him to wake him up. And then of course it snaps. Once you move anything, it snaps and you're done. And you're laying there with the adrenaline after rush and, and all experiences that I've had. Okay, so when was the last time you had an episode? Probably about five or six years ago. Okay, and can you... Um, they often always... Actually, yeah. Yeah? Right. I was going to ask you to talk us through a recent episode or maybe one that is prominent in your mind. Talk us through the episode. So, mm -hmm. for example you'd go to bed where were you sleeping at the time was it day or was it night from 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 there go through it with us sure i'd be happy to um so one that i remember very clearly is we had gone to bed it was a period of a fair amount of stress in my life changing jobs those kinds of stressors you know um went to bed i was feeling a little angsty when i went to bed um, laid on the side of the bed away from the door, which is my habit. I don't like laying in the position closest to the door. So I laid on the side of the bed farthest from the door. Um, and I could feel the presence of something in the room. Um, that nebulous sense you get that you're being watched or that there's someone or something there. Uh, I'm again was on my back i i'm absolutely paralyzed i cannot move my heart is racing a mile a minute um i feel like i've got weight on my chest it feels very oppressive it feels very heavy um I, in fact my whole body feels like there's weight on me and i can sense in the room i can see in the room where the the light is coming in through the window. I can see the shadows in the room. And I perceive that there is a figure of a man. They're never distinct. And in this case, that's true. It was not a distinct figure of a man, more of a <clears throat> man-shaped shadow. Let's, let's you have a hat. That, a man-shaped shadow. Do you have a hat on? Yes. Yes, he had like a stocking hat on. Oh, how did I know to ask that? <laughs> I had never thought about that, but yes, he did. He had a stocking type hat on. That's it's creepy, like you huh? can't really see the hand. Huh? That's creepy that I knew to ask that. that a lot, a, that is a creepy lot that of people you... say that. So that's why I just asked. Really? Wow. I, I See that I had not heard in any of the lore that I had read about a hat. So, yeah. but yes, he did have the head covering. Oh, yeah, it's very common. So, it's um, and he worked his way around. Room. It worked its way around my bed, and at roughly just before it got to where it was directly in line with me, I was so angry because I was getting angry this whole time. First, it was fear. Then it was how dare you, and how dare you not be waking up while I'm dealing with this terror make me do this on my own and as he got to roughly directly in line with me I was able to make one finger move so I could push my husband and wake him up and then I was awake I was exhausted 
I still had the heart racing. I still had all that adrenaline flowing through my body. It's horrifying. I mean, you you leave these episodes when you finally can get out of it, exhausted, very anxious, um, that, that lingering feeling of dread. Um, you don't want to try and go back to sleep because you don't really know what this is unless you've been studying it. And once you've been saying it, you know what it is. You can get up, you can burn off that adrenaline and you can go back to sleep. And, and I just make sure to shift position. Okay. And what do you think it is? I think it's a neurological issue. Um, I think it's related to the type of, for me, it's related to the type of insomnia that I have. I have, I don't remember what my neurologist called it, but I have a type of insomnia where I am technically asleep. If you put all the sensors on me, I am in sleep mode, but my brain tells me I'm awake and I can tell you what's going on in the room. I can tell you where the light is. I can tell you where each cat is and I'm accurate. So I'm in that liminal state between sleep and wake for a much longer period than most people are. And that's when that happens. So for me, they feel like they're related. Okay, it, it does sound also, I mean, what you've just said, where you're physically sleeping, but you're awake, and you can see what's going on, and it can be validated. It sounds a bit like an out of body type of experience where you're able to, like your consciousness is able still to go around and, and, and see what's happening. It does sound a bit like that, you know. But tell yeah, me, yeah, yeah. Are you are you um afraid to sleep at all now oh i refuse to let it make me sleep make me afraid okay okay but you put in place some practices like not sleeping on your back and things right. like that to try and stop it happening again yeah if i'm feeling i i have kind of looked back at all the different times when i had it as an adult I discount the ones as a kid because I can't remember where I was as far as my headspace and that sort of thing. So I don't really count those when I'm looking at my experiences with sleep paralysis. <clears throat> but as an adult, I've always been in a period of high stress. Um, I've always been on my back. Um, and and so I've, I've looked at all of these things and said, okay, what can I do to not allow them to combine and put me in a situation where I'm adding stress to my life rather than removing stress. So I sleep on my back. If I'm really angsty, I stay up a little bit. I don't go to bed immediately, even if it's even if I know I need to get to bed. I don't put myself in a position where I'll get bad sleep. I'd rather get no sleep than bad sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm still in that churning mode, I'll sit up, I'll meditate, <laughs> I'll give myself a little energy. I'll do something to shift my, my energy, my body's energy so that I can go to sleep a little better on my side. Okay. Yeah. Uh, were you going to ask something Cyrus? Yeah. So who was the first person you told however age you were, who was the first person you told and did they believe you when you tried to explain your experience? The first person I told was my mother. And she believed that I saw something, but I think she is more inclined to think it was a ghost. 
because she has seen ghosts. And so that is her experience. That's where she went with that. As a and how, how old were you when you told her? I don't know, eight, maybe. I, I, oh, wow. I'm not good at guessing, guess, remembering ages, but maybe younger, maybe six. Wow. Maybe six. So, but as an adult, because none of the people who knew me as a kid would know me as an adult, other than my family. Um, the first person I told was my husband and he absolutely believed me um, because I didn't believe once I was awake that there had been a physical presence in the room. Once I was awake, it was gone. I got up, I looked around, I knew there was nobody there. So I told him I had this weird thing that happened and he absolutely believed that I had had this weird thing. He felt bad that he hadn't been there to help me. So I have always felt supported by the people in my life in one way or another with this. I've never felt disbelieved or dismissed. Um, when you, Has your husband mentioned that he um, notices anything about you when you're sleeping and having one of these experiences? Or does he just see you as sleeping? He's normally already asleep. <laughs> okay he falls asleep way faster than i do <laughs> so he's not normally awake when this is happening okay all right then <laughs> so let me ask you about stigma do you feel as though there's a stigma attached to the sleep having sleep paralysis and, and talking about it and stuff you know i think there is in some circles um i like to hang out with people who are um, much more open to alternate states of consciousness who are open to expanding your horizons, that sort of thing, and folklorists. And, and so we're groovy with all of that. Um, there's no stigma, there's curiosity. Ooh, what is this? What causes this? How can we stop this? What does this mean? Does everybody have the same set of experiences? Can we find a commonality? That's where the people that I hang around with want to go. Yeah. Um, but I do know that there are people in in my country who would not be cool with that yeah. who would absolutely think that it was either um satanic or an unhealthy spirit or or that you god forbid you ever had any kind of a drug problem it must mean you're back on drugs um you know all of those things do exist in the culture at large i am lucky enough that none of the people that I associate with um, feel that way. That's good. Did you tell your doctor about these experiences? My neurologist is fascinated. Mm. Yeah. Again, very curious. Ooh, what is this? Yes, I know about this, but we don't really know what it ca what's causing it and that sort of thing. He said, but hmm, let's let's take a look at at, at the various things going on in your head um, physiologically and wonder if we can find correlation that, that's all what he's about is finding correlation okay okay at least at least he's willing to admit that he doesn't know what causes it but he's willing to explore yeah. and 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 find out you know which is good yes. and he wants me to engage in the practice of lucid dreaming oh he's, he does. he's actively wanting me to do that that's very interesting from a neurologist. Yes. 
Yeah, that's very, that's the crossing of two kind of powerful areas, the medical community and the, what would we say, the spiritual community. Wow. That's really, and that's encouraging. It's good to hear, you know, that's exciting. That's great. Yeah. Okay, I think I've asked all my questions, Davina. I don't think, I don't know, do you have anything else, Sirs? Um, I guess just to take up from one of your questions from our early episode, are you glad that these episodes happened to you or do you wish they never happened at all? You know, I can't say that I'm either. Uh, I'm certainly not glad that they've happened because they have been stressful. Um, but I, I, I don't wish that they had never happened because they led me down a path of self-discovery and and led me to to exploring things that I might not have explored otherwise. Um, I also know that when I was studying in college, I went back to college as a grown-up, which I recommend everybody do. If you're interested in learning, um, you're not learning to be an adult as you're learning what you're learning in school. So it's much more fun. Um, and while I was studying um, anthropology and folklore, and in one of my classes, we talked about an immigrant group. And Sheila, if I can find the article, I'll email it to you. Yeah. Um, where there's a certain uh, immigrant group that experiences what we would call sleep paralysis. They believe it to be a demonic assault and if it happens three times and they can't stop it with the proper rituals they die wow. that is their belief that is their cultural belief now whether that has changed or not i don't know but i will try and find you that that article sheila for your research um, i i related to that i never thought i was going to die but knowing that there are different ways of looking at sleep paralysis around the world was really fascinating to someone who has it and, and it allowed me to talk about what that felt like to have it in that class and educate a bunch of students who did not have it and didn't know what that was like and didn't even know it existed. Yeah, That's, so I'm yeah. extremely curious. I'm extremely curious on why so many people from all over the world are, you know, having a hallucination of a dark figure. And it's not necessarily a troll or a mummy santa claus leprechauns all the different fictional characters that we can come up with i've got a lot of fans from uh facebook.com forward slash sleep paralysis you know i got a lot of fans from america indonesia china and so all these stories are similar so i'm trying Mm -hmm. to make sense of it for many years now of why we're seeing figures along with my experience and it's almost and this isn't a hundred percent you know, but for my explanation, where I'm at, it's almost like your subconscious mind who knows all your fears and knows all your sins seems to be a reflection of that man that knows. I'm sorry if I'm getting too deep on everybody, but it's some deep stuff. He knows your sins. He knows your fears. And so that's why when he creeps up on you, you feel more fear. You feel more pressure on your chest and on your body. That subconscious, it's like the the demon of your subconscious mind. And I'll touch on that more. That's I'll leave it right there. But that's where I'm going. And I'm open to listening to everyone else's explanations as well. I think the thing for me is that it's the same images 
that regardless where you are in the world, male or female, you see the same, like it's the hat man, the shadow man, the wisps of smoke. You may feel the sensations. It's all the same. So um, with variations, yes. And it makes, I, I just I just have to say, you know, how is that possible? How can so many people hallucinate the same thing? You know, um, the, the same, that we can draw the same picture. We use the same Ooh. phrases, you know, we describe it the same way. It does leave me with a huge question mark and asking how is that possible? No two people will have the same dreams, let's say. We dream about different things, but this experience is totally something different, you know? Um, which is very, very interesting. And yes, there's a lot for us to to find out. But and I think this is just the start of it. We're starting to open the door, giving permission for people to to speak openly about it and share their stories, you know, and it's only by doing that that we can see the commonalities. And there are commonalities. There's many more for us to find out. Great. Yes. I think there are more things in common among those of us who have this than there are separate. Yeah, but it's it's what is that? Um, you there's something very unique uh, to the extent that I've spoken to some people who said they've seen it as a gift in their life. Like you, Davina, it's brought them to a to a new place of um, awareness, spiritual awareness, for want of a better word. They feel more connected they feel like there is more to life there's more than this physical existence there's something else going on they're asking those questions and they're on that journey you know which like you if it wasn't for the sleep paralysis they would still be doing the same things and not asking questions you know mm -hmm. so it is there is something there but it's what is it that connects us all who experiences it? You know, um, maybe we'll find out, maybe we won't, but it's it's good to try and search for the answers, you know, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we've reached the end of this episode, unless there's anything else, Davina, that you'd like to to share with us. Not that I can think of. I am just so delighted that people are looking into this in different ways. I'm sure that there's someone looking into this in an academic setting somewhere. Um, but this, I think, is such a valuable effort to connect with people in the one-on-one -on -one in a non-academic setting where people feel more free to be themselves. Because as we know, place and, and um, design matters in how you speak to other people. Do you feel comfortable or do you feel like there's a hierarchy of, of authority? This feels much more accessible to a lot of people and having the Facebook page and other ways for people to connect with you. I think you're going to get a lot of information that folks might not share otherwise. And so I really applaud your effort with this and I'm happy to see it. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much, Davina.